0: This is the North Carolina Fusion Podcast. Brought to you by Wake Forest Baptist Health. Thank you for joining us on the North Carolina Fusion Podcast. My name is Scott Wollaston and I serve as the executive director for the North Carolina Fusion. Today I will be speaking with Chris Williams, a member of our US Development Academy staff, coach of our U23 men's team and our college recruitment advisor. I hope you enjoy our time with Chris Williams. Welcome to the North Carolina Fusion Podcast. Today we have Chris Williams joining us. Chris is a member of our U.S. Development Academy coaching staff, coaching our U15 and our U17 boys. He also serves as our head men's coach for our U23 team in the summer, along with being our college recruitment advisor. So, Chris, thanks so much for Thank being you. on the, the show you. today. Appreciate it. Um, so, Chris, tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, um, how you got to the States, um, how you got, again, a really cool accent. So, tell us about that. <laughs> uh, it gets annoying after a while. <laughs> uh, no,
1: in terms of my background, um, born and raised in North Wales, um, really kind of working class background, um, uh, father played football, um, is, a, was a, is a steel worker, um, worked in the steelworks for, phew, he's currently still working there, so mm-hmm. it's been 40 years now. Uh, mum was a civil servant, um, so re- really working class background. Mm-hmm. Um, from obviously, just a, a love of football um, because of my father and because of my friends and because of the local community. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunate enough to have a really good grassroots program, uh, which I was brought up in. And then um, from there, as, as, a, as a footballer, part of my development, I went to a club called um, Oldham Athletic, um, who were at the time in the Premier League at the time. I think I was I was four. 14 at the time okay. but prior to that I, I represented districts and counties and states and things like that and then um, I unfortunately I got released as a 16 year old so it was obviously a little bit of disappointment there um, but then I went straight into to men's football at, at, at 16 which was a, a real big eye opener for me um, so sort of playing against you know seasoned, seasoned pros if you like semi-professionally um, and then from and then from there I, um, I signed at a club in, in, in Wales in the Welsh Premier League called Connors Key Nomads um, and played there for for five five or so years. Um, when I was 20, 22 I was fortunate enough to go to um, to Millwall um, on on a trial there. So again, that that for me was um, my, my biggest opportunity to kind of reach my, my, my dream. Really, mm-hmm. um, did did really well and. Came back from that trial to play for for, for my home club Connors Key at the time, and I, I broke my cheekbone in a game, mm. which was unfortunate. Um, so that kind of stopped proceedings there for for the two or three weeks, and then I played with a mask in my first game back. I uh, I broke my foot, so it was kind of it was one <laughs> of those moments where it was a light bulb moment to me that. Um, you know, I, I needed to do something. Um, my education, I, I wasn't fond of education as, as a kid growing up. It was something that um, I felt I was misunderstood in the sense that um, m- maybe, maybe people didn't, maybe I, I didn't want to be in the classroom. I wanted to be more hands on. So my education was actually, I, I trained to be a, um, a bricklayer for a period of time. Yeah. Um, didn't enjoy that realize that in a in a january and february morning when you're (laughs) when you're kind of hauling up bricks to the top of three or four story buildings that's a tough living you know it's a tough living so um so then i went into the fitness industry and my background is kind of more strength and conditioning side and things there so i went to went to junior college to to uh to study that and then um from there i needed some some more formal education so i went to um So then I decided after my injuries that America would be an opportunity. So, um, came to America on a a soccer scholarship, Mm -hmm. um, went out to California, a small school called Holy Names University, right outside San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Um, Amazing experience, unbelievable. Um, Wanted to be a music major, um, wanted to uh, work in a studio. Mm -hmm. Um, However, um, I changed, (laughs) went into business, Mm Uh, and then changed again. <laughs> so there was a lot of change in there, a lot of figuring out you know, what it is I actually wanted to do. Yeah. Um, the soccer wasn't as competitive as I thought it was. The, the professionalism was excellent mm-hmm. in terms of the facilities and things, but soccer wasn't that competitive. Um, so I decided to, to move to a different school. So I transferred to a different school and I transferred to a school called um, Lindsay Wilson College, um, which was in uh, Columbia, Kentucky, okay. um, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so 2,500 people mm. um, and 2,000 of those were students. <laughs> so it was it was a tiny, tiny, excellent soccer program with mm. guys from all over the world. Yeah. Um, so it was a fantastic experience. We were pretty successful there, won two national championships and some good individual accolades and things, but um, excellent experience. And I graduated there with a communications major um, which was excellent, which was great. Continued my, my, my soccer education from a um, uh, from a licensor perspective, mm-hmm. w- whilst I was playing. Uh, during that time, I was studying my master's degree uh, at sports coaching at the University of South Wales, uh, back home, so it was okay. online, um, as, as well as obviously doing my formal education mm-hmm. as, as far as the soccer side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then left there uh, was the assistant coach at University of Northwestern Ohio, straight out of, of, of college there. So mm-hmm. I was a little bit, little bit older, obviously a little bit more experienced. Um, worked on the ODP side in Ohio for a while, uh, on the club side. And then um, from there, um, I got the head coach's job at Coca College, which is a division two school mm-hmm. um, in Hartsville, South Carolina, um, and was there for, for five five seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also the, the technical director at uh, Florence Soccer Association, mm-hmm. uh, which is in Florence, South Carolina. I mm-hmm. um, was in charge of curriculum and education for the for the uh, for the players and for the coaches and things and um, and then decided that you know uh, from a collegiate perspective I wanted to move on into into the development academy and obviously this opportunity come up and, and, and that's why I'm here so that's a, it's a rough, a rough draft of that's great. Uh, what, what, what that's I've fantastic. done so far so uh, family yes um, wife uh, Caitlin um, and two kids Rowan and Keris so Keris' birthday was last week and then the week before was Rowan's birthday awesome. so Rowan's just turned 9 Keris has just turned 6
0: Fantastic. So
1: Soccer uh, players. Rowan loves baseball, but yeah. he's, he, he loves soccer as awesome. well. Yeah, so awesome. he's, he's always watching soccer. And Keris, on the other hand, no interest in sports whatsoever. <laughs> uh, however,
0: loves to dance and loves to be a bit Fantastic. of a show lady and, and things. To so. each his or her. Oh, own. absolutely. it's yeah. awesome. So, unbelievable. Yeah. That's great. Um, so let's, uh, let's sort of back up a little bit. Talk about your experience as a, as a college coach. What was that like for the five years that you were at Coker specifically? Um, and then kind of how does that, how's that been unique to coming and working at a youth club? Uh, yeah.
1: full time it, it, it was a challenge you know I, I think ultimately hindsight looking back you know I, I think um, it was a real challenge in a sense that from a, a budgetary standpoint and from a scholarship standpoint it, it, was, it was tough mm-hmm. and I think at the time going in I didn't quite realise and understand how challenging it, it would have mm-hmm. been um, you know from a division 2 division 1 standpoint uh, division 2 you can have 9 scholarships 9.9 nine division 1 um, at COCA we had 4 Hmm. So it was it was a challenge in the sense that we, we needed to try and create a, a competitive program with very limited resources. So I, I think the biggest thing that, that I took away from my experience more than anything is how can you do... Um, a, a lot with a little, mm-hmm. and and that that was great to a point. However, if if you if you want success um, or su- sustain success, mm-hmm. th- 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 there needs to be funding there. So True. that was that was really the challenge there. Um, obviously, managing players from a uh, <laughs> what seems to be a twenty-four hour perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the major difference I would say between maybe the collegiate side and the, and the youth side is. Um, you know, many times, you know, you you would go to sleep, think, you know, w- worried that, sure. you know, what if something went wrong, or what sure. what if what what are the guys doing then? And obviously, you, you you recruit character first over mm-hmm. over the footballer, mm-hmm. but at the same time, when you have, you know, 40 40 18 year olds mm-hmm. on on a, squ- on, a, on a squad in a college environment mm-hmm. it, for the first time, guys are going to make mistakes. Sure. You know, so so you're always worried there. Whereas. Here, from a youth perspective, um, we don't have to so much worry about what happens after the soccer. Mm-hmm. We have to take an interest, obviously, and mm-hmm. we have to be we have to do our due diligence and things. But at the same time, it's not a twenty four hour monitoring sure. perspective. Sure, and dad, Yeah, absolutely, have them. yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So yeah. Um, I would say that those are the big differences. I would say going from the youth side to the sure. collegiate side. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously trying to do as much as we can with minimal resources.
0: Yeah, and so in your first year now with Fusion, it's almost Mm -hmm. coming up on a year. Yeah. how has it been? How's the experience been? What have you enjoyed? Um, what have been the biggest surprises for you?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I think the biggest the biggest win for me is that is the people, um, the people that I work with on a daily basis, mm-hmm. uh, people that I've come into contact with. It, it, I think ultimately it doesn't matter what organisation you're in. If you're working with good people and you can come into work with a smile on your face every day, I think that that for me that for me is a win. Mm-hmm. So working with excellent people, um, and I, and I think a lot of the times, I think the biggest thing moving from the collegiate side to the to the youth club side is um, there isn't a great deal of development from a collegiate side mm. it, a lot of recovery so you just <laughs> tra- you, tra- you, you, you play you recover you replay so there's not a great deal of development whereas you come to the youth side and it's all development mm. you know excellent. and that's not only just from um, from from a coach to a player perspective. Mm-hmm. That's from a, a coach to a educational side as sure, well. Sure. Because I think when you're a, when you're a college coach, that you don't have time, yeah. don't have time to develop yourself, you know. So you neglect that part. So the fact that we have people, you know, people like Mark, who you know ha- have a very specific way in which that we want to play, you know, as part of the club. I think it's massive to learn from somebody like that and mm-hmm. learning from from Adam and Chris and, and lots of other people as well. Sure. So um, that, that that for me is. It's been
0: been superb, and it's Super. been a great enjoyment so far. Awesome. Any any particular surprises since making the switch? Um, su- surprises? Oh, great question.
1: Um, I think the surprise is the vastness of the club. Mm. I think we don't realise how big our club is. Mm-hmm. Our club is massive, mm-hmm. you know. And I and I think it's. Um, it can be a challenge to, ma- to sure. manage, you know. with yep. seven thousand plus kids, well, you know, <laughs> right. right? Seven thousand plus kids. It's a lot, a, a lot of you know, a lot of things there. But I think we have a, 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 a mission and a vision, mm-hmm. and we have values, mm-hmm. which I think if we can just continue to push in all areas, mm-hmm. I think that that for
0: us is is, is going to be huge as a club, and, and we'll only grow, and we'll only get better. Definitely, you know. In terms of the the values that you just referenced. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say or do you have a good example of one of the core values in action that you've seen this past year that you would go man like that one Mm. that's that is one that i've seen time and time again and then on the flip side is there one you go you know we i really noticed that the club really needs to get better in that area yeah that's a that's a great question first
1: one for me is is, um would be humility mm-hmm. you know uh, and and i and i think i mentioned this in a staff meeting a long back is like i am reminded of that daily <laughs> mm-hmm. like and, and how little i actually know about football mm-hmm. you know when you're surrounded by r- great people you know in in, in this in the soccer world like you are learning things every single day mm-hmm. um, you know and even just uh, I was speaking to adam yesterday and just 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 conversations about things and speaking to mark on the phone or chris or whoever it may be in the club mm-hmm. You know, there's, there really is an environment of constant learning, mm-hmm. and I think the reason why that is is because I think we have a very humble staff and very. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a real sense of humility within the office and a real sure. sense of humility just overall. So, mm-hmm. I think for me, I, I'm reminded of that on, on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, um, and knowing that I haven't got it all together, sure. and, no, and, and I never will. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. and I think that's the greatest thing about coaching. Right, it's a sure. it's a journey, to, and and you've got to enjoy the journey. And you've got sure. to be open minded. You know an area in terms I think we I feel that we can do a better job as a, as a club as a whole um, I think would be community mm-hmm. um, you, you know I, I think that is that is one of our core values and I think it's probably the easiest one to be neglected because you have to actually go, it's actually you have to, go, have to go out and do it sure. as opposed to uh, the, the, the humility side where it's just it's, it's in you as a person mm-hmm. you know it's, it's, it's a feeling whereas from a community standpoint we have to go out and actually do it you know so um I know that there are people within the club who do fantastic jobs of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, from a development academy standpoint, I think we can do a better job. And um, I know that we have plans to to, to to do community events and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, as a whole, I think we need to do a better job and, mm-hmm. of being visible in the community mm-hmm. and um, you know helping within the community as sure. well. Um, and, and I think uh, I think we have the people to do it. Yep. It's just yep. a case of fitting it all in that's
0: right being intentional about it absolutely yeah Yeah. I agree so talk about um, talk about the DA Mm. Um, a lot of folks maybe that are listening hear DA development academy US soccer development academy but maybe don't understand quite what it is um where does it fit on the spectrum of um, if you soccer um, yeah. both the boys and the girls side? Even though you're not, uh, we don't have the yeah. development academy on the girls side. Um, speak to what that program is, um, why it's important, what type of. Players, what type of commitment does it take to to play at that level? Maybe yeah. even, what are the aspirations of players that are playing in the development academy?
1: Yeah, it's another great question. Um, in a nutshell, what the development academy is, or su- what it's supposed to be, is is the best level of youth soccer in the country. That's basically what what it's supposed to be. Um, and the the reason for the, the development academy was to identify players potentially to go into the national team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the initiative has been p- unbelievable has been great we've seen some you know we've seen some um, some fantastic stories not only just within our club but other clubs as well where um, graduates of the development Academy have fed the first team mm-hmm. oftentimes mm-hmm. Um, so in a nutshell that that's what it is in in terms of um, the commitment that it's required um, these types of players are, are players who have aspirations to potentially play at the next level so that could be collegiately or it could be the next level again which is professional soccer mm-hmm. um, and, and that's really the aspirations of those players so in order to have that type of aspiration there also needs to be a commitment level that comes with that mm-hmm. um, we, train four, we train four nights a week um, we are constantly doing uh, video analysis sessions mm-hmm. um, We th- there is a lot of individual development that goes in the there, from individual development plans, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot, a lot of analysis, analysis in there, a lot of feedback within within that as well. Lots of travel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we travel down to Miami, we travel to Tampa, we travel to Orlando, we go to Georgia. So we, we, we travel all over. So in terms of the commitment level, it, 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 it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot for the players, and, and uh, but at the same time, you know, in order to try, in order to play at the next level, that that's the commitment level that is that mm-hmm. that is required. Um, I'll be honest, it's not for everybody mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. That 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 that's okay because there are other pathways as well that, sure. that we have within the club and, and other clubs have different pathways as mm-hmm. well. Um, but ultimately, that, that's the level of commitment that is required to, mm-hmm. to play in the, the development academy. And we have an attendance policy as well. So if guys um, are constantly missing practices and things, um, you know, it's it's on a case-by-case basis. But, you know, that's something that we, we don't tolerate because, you know, we're, we're professional in everything that we do. And we, we value the attendance because we feel if you don't attend, then, you know, you're not getting better as a player. So mm-hmm. um,
0: that that's what is required. Absolutely. So I think that a lot of people might think development academy like when you're talking about that level of commitment Mm. um, that it takes over a kid's life right and we talk a lot about the holistic development of players Mm. we also talk about relationships and why would a a kid want to maybe give up um, that opportunity to play high school soccer or um, be around their friends at that time or um, why would they want to families want to spend the money that it takes to travel like they do and and make this level of commitment the time commitment Um, why would someone want to do that um, and maybe even tell a success story from that
1: yeah you know and and as I said it's not um it's not for everybody. Yeah. You know, it, it really is, and I think we need to I think we need to understand that. Uh, I think parents and players need to understand that that there's a massive commitment level that is required. Um, it, it, in terms of, um, it, in order to play at the next level, if that's collegiately or if that's to, in the professional game, th- th- there, there there needs to be a level of sacrifice, mm-hmm. um, and and sometimes. You have to sacrifice the things that you maybe you would really like to do, for for it. I I like to call it kind of um, the, the long view. Yeah. You know, looking at more the the, the the long view as opposed to looking at just the here and now. And for me, the long view is is more five six years down the line as opposed to maybe one year sure. or six months. Sure. Um, and I think looking at the long view holistically and saying, okay, if I want to get to here. I have to make these steps, and I have to make these sacrifices, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think a, a good example would be um, would be Busio, right? Mm-hmm. Would be a fantastic example within our club, mm-hmm. um, you know. And, and we've got to understand that 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 is a fantastic success story. Yeah. But he's a young man who's had to leave home from mm-hmm. Greensboro to go to Kansas. True. You know, you talk about sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about somebody who's had to leave home and has to cook for himself, clean for himself, do his own ironing, do his own washing at 17 years of age. Mm-hmm. That, that is, that potentially, that's a, that's a huge challenge. Talk about growing up and a life skill, yeah. you know? So um, I think if that is where you want to be, right? and you want to play at the next level, you have to understand that there are sacrifices that you have to make, mm-hmm. and you have to understand that that maybe not playing high school soccer um, is a better investment um, than than playing high school soccer, mm-hmm. um, or your parents investing in your soccer education is, is 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 probably a better thing for you down the down the road if you like mm-hmm. to play obviously collegiately or, or potentially play at that next level as well.
0: Exactly, and I think you know again like you said it's not for everybody. Yeah, and um, it depends on what your dreams and aspirations are. Absolutely, right? and and the whole platform is there to because U.S. Soccer believes that's the best platform for kids to achieve that success or achieve that goal of playing in college or playing professionally, right? And so it's not to say that a kid who doesn't do the Development Academy and plays at a different level or plays high school soccer can't play in college. That's wrong to say. And the fact is, is tons of kids are still playing. Um, It's just that in terms of what's the best possible um, for success, it seems that Development Academy has been doing. That over the past decade or, yeah.
1: or so, yeah, and I would say statistics show that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, um, just in it, it, just in terms of the exposure mm-hmm. that that you get, you know, and I think, a, you know, a good example, a good example would be the, the showcase we went to in, um, you Florida. know, in Florida, yeah. you know, where I think in, in one of our games it was, you know, fifty-three college coaches mm-hmm. watching watching one of our games. Sure. So in terms of it, the exposure side of it, yes. but again, I, I, yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, there are other pathways. Yeah there you are know, lots of other pathways mm-hmm. that, that that you know you can. You don't have to just play
0: in the development academy to um, to obviously get recruited collegiately or go elsewhere. You know. And I would I would. You just referenced our trip to to Florida. Yep. Got, I was really uh, pleased to get the opportunity to go with you guys down there in early December for the showcase. And um, I think one of the things that I found really um, special was that you know a lot of people think um, about these kids making such a big commitment and maybe even becoming a bit robotic at times. Mm. Like we are in the development academy, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Um, man, these were kids, and you guys held. Um, standards for them. I loved, you know, making the kids turn in their cell phones and um, and actually learning how to communicate over yeah. dinner um, yeah. and have those and have normal conversation. The things that we're finding as parents, our kids are not able to do because of technology. Yeah. Um, you guys were very intentional about, you know, them cleaning up their masks, taking responsibility. So, um, But at the same time, like I witnessed you picking up a guitar from a guy on the side of the street and playing uh, some Oasis for yeah. the whole group and showing them, the, your kids, the, the human side of, of things. And so I think that um, it's important for parents like myself or anyone else to know that you um, it is a big commitment, but that doesn't mean that the kids stop being kids. And it, and because they spend so much time with you guys as coaches, it means we have to be even more intentional mm. about the relationship side, as well as the, um, the standards, yeah. expectations, and hopefully, whether or not they play college soccer, hopefully they've become better young men through that process right and, yeah. I, and I would say I've seen I saw that firsthand and I commend you guys for for that and I um, I hope that people understand that that's going on from the outside yeah
1: so. I you know I, I can't you know I think there's a there's a big which comes under the umbrella of culture right, right. you know that and, and I think that's a, a huge buzzword right now just within um, within the world of sports mm-hmm. but I, I really do believe that we live and breathe it mm-hmm. you know a, a, as coaches and, uh, and and we really try and enforce it within our players as well because I think the reality is is um, we're not just developing football we're just developing humans right and, yeah. and, and I think that that is a huge huge proponent of it is that you know we, we want to we want them to leave this Academy and and we want them to be um Good citizens, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. as a you know, not not only just good footballers, but sure. good citizens, and sure. and and it requires a, that requires a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. and, and as you said, intention, intentionality, you know, you, you've got to be intentional with what you're doing and what you're saying, and the standards that we create, like you know, people like us do whatever it may be, and and that's the big culture piece, and um and and I hope parents see that. I I, I honestly do. I hope they see that because I think that I I would like for them to to think that we're not just Developing footballers sure. as well.
0: Like, yeah. you know, we are we are holistically trying to develop the, the, the human side as well. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. So let's kind of switch gears for a second. Yeah. Um, you coach the our under twenty three men's team. Um, for those uh, folks that don't understand perhaps the level of play that that is and where it fits into the whole model, can you talk about what level is our U23 team? Um, what are the level possible levels of play um, and where do these players come from?
1: Yeah, I th- um, so if I'm, if I'm going to go kind of the American sports analogy... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, the, the under 23s is like the dash. The mm-hmm. under 23s are like the, 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 grasshopper, the grasshoppers? Grasshoppers, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's kind of the, the level. So it's minor league soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the MLS, which is obviously the best league in the, in the nation. Um, some would say then it's USL Championship, yep. USL League One, mm-hmm. and then you have USL League Two. Mm-hmm. Our under 23s play in the USL League Two. Mm-hmm. So really you could say it's potentially the fourth tier. in in that pathway. Um, So it's minor league soccer, typically the players that we get are from local, well, I'll be honest, not not just local local clubs, they're from all all over the nation. And we have all different nationalities. Mm. You know, Last year, Josh Perryman, who will be coming back this year, is is from the UK, he's from Sheffield. Uh, Cameron Joyce is from Australia. Mm. Um, We had um, uh, Jao Silva, who is from Brazil. Mm. So we have guys from all over the world, Mm. and we have guys from all different levels too. um, we have obviously the local guys who come from Wake Forest or so Bruno Lapa was mm-hmm. a player who played for us last year he mm-hmm. was from Brazil Joey Desart who went into the MLS draft this mm-hmm. year with Orlando mm-hmm. um, and then you know so we have guys from, from all over the world and all different levels whether it's Division 1 Division Two, or the NAIA mm-hmm. or even junior colleges. And well. they're all amateur. And they're all amateur. Yeah. yeah. So they're all amateur players and they all have uh, what we call NCAA eligibility, which means okay. they're still eligible to play um, collegiately. Okay. So once they finish in May their school, they then come and they then come and play for us in the summer months. They, they, they don't hurt their eligibility and then they go back in their f- the fall
0: season to then play for their colleges. Awesome. And so talk about last year was your first year at the helm. Talk about how do we do, um, how did that um, rank in terms of the history of our club, which used to be called the Carolina Dynamo, and we've rebranded to Fusion. So talk about how last year went.
1: Yeah, so... Obviously, we, we we had a massive history, and it used to be Carolina Dynamo, and we're at NC Fusion. So the Dynamo used to be a professional uh, professional franchise, mm-hmm. and then it went to the amateur again. And it's gone back and forth a couple of different times. Yep. But we have a huge, huge fan base. Anyway, we came in last year, and um, we were fortunate enough to you know to, to win the league, which was which was a big for us, mm-hmm. um, first time since 2013. Yeah. Um, so that was that was a huge, huge win for us. I think as as a club and and obviously the the, the players as well. Um, because we won our league, we then go to the playoffs. So you play uh, a team nationally. So we had to go up to uh, Reading, um, Reading, Pennsylvania, and it, that was uh, it was one hundred and fifteen degrees on turf. and <laughs> We played at four o'clock, and it was it was brutal. And we played against Western Mass. Unfortunately, we, we lost three one. Mm. Um, but um, it was an unbelievable experience, mm. you know. I, I look back and I look at the players that we had on the bench. We had two academy graduates on the bench, one of them came on, uh, which, was, which was huge yeah. as well. So there really is a, a true pathway for the players, uh, which obviously is excellent. Um, but um, yeah, so, that, so that's great. Obviously we want to try and, you know, continue with the successes this year and, and go back-to-back champions. That's, that's our goal.
0: Awesome. So you talk about um, the success that the team had this past yep. summer, and because of that success, they recently qualified for Open, the U.S. Open Cup. Yep. Um, talk to our folks about what is the U.S. Open Cup? Yep. Um, why should they care about it? When is it? Yep. Um, when should our Fusion families come support our Fusion under-23 team? So the Lamar Open Cup is... Um it's the oldest cup competition here in America,
1: um, so that in itself there's a huge history to that. Um, it is if parents and families are familiar with what the FA Cup is mm-hmm. or what the Copa del Rey is. Basically, it's when the lower league teams can play against the top teams. So what we saw the other day in, in the FA Cup was Liverpool played against Shrewsbury. Mm-hmm. Shrewsbury are in League One, very very small team, mm-hmm. professional team, very small. And they're playing against Liverpool, who I would say are the best team in the world right yeah. now. I'm a yeah. Liverpool fan. <laughs> um, but, uh, so 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 that that's kind of the the, the mystique and the romanticism of the, of the trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, we play March twenty fourth at seven p.m. We play against um, South Carolina Bantams. Um, South Carolina Bantams uh, from South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina. Um, they are a USL League Two team, so in the same league, okay. same same division as us, okay. or if you like, or franchise. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're in a different division. Okay. Um, so it's uh, it's it, it's a good dra- it's a good draw. It's a tough draw. They're going to be a good team mm-hmm. um, but ultimately if we if we win we then play against NCFC away NCSC who are USL championship, championship. Team. yeah
0: so, so it's like you jump two levels right off if you win that game absolutely so, yeah. it's, so
1: it's so it's massive so you know I think for the players it's really exciting because they get to play they get to play against South Carolina and obviously that our goal is to, to win that game and then move on and then if that's that is the case they play against a professional outfit mm-hmm. so some of our, our guys who play who have played collegiately I've never played against professional players mm-hmm. before. So that opportunity to play against them, it's, it's very much a David and Goliath sure. battle. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a sense of romanticism that comes yeah. with that, which I, I love. Yeah. You know, I, sure. I, I grew up watching the FA Cup and there was some, my dad was part of the FA Cup. And I remember when um, they played in the Welsh Cup, he was playing for Colwyn Bay and they beat they beat Wrexham. They beat Wrexham who we were, uh, we were in the, the championship at the time or league one, I, I can't remember, but, but they beat them 2-1 mm. and then, Four days later, Wrexham had to play Arsenal in the FA Cup <laughs> and Mickey Thomas, a Welsh player, scored the only goal and won one nil. <laughs> so again, you had this Colwyn Bay beating Wrexham and then Wrexham playing in the FA Cup and beating Arsenal, which oh. was a massive team. Yeah. So it was just like, there's just this unbelievable buzz sure. so my hope is that 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 families can understand that and players can understand that because mm-hmm. the culture is slightly different yeah. you know he, yeah. here in the states and my hope is that we can kind of pack out mcpherson and yeah. create a really exciting environment where the kids can come and watch some you know some top level sure best level soccer in, in, in the triad yeah um, yeah so and they can learn you absolutely know, which is massive so
0: and i would say as a as a fan going last last summer to a couple games the level was excellent mm-hmm. I mean it was fun to watch it was enjoyable to watch the environment was great yeah. I mean clearly the biggest uh, the biggest change we need is more people there um, yeah. and I think that um, in a postseason survey we learned that many of our families just don't know that this team exists yeah. and what it what it does so you know we would encourage um, all our Fusion families and their friends and relatives and everyone to come out for that, that game um, only in about a month and a half away right? Yeah
1: so. most a half away and I, I will be yeah I know um, know Chris Barnhart and, and Scott they do a great job on social media and they'll be blasting that out so yeah, um, my hope is that we can drum up the, the excitement so that we can kind of fill McPherson and create a, a top level environment for the players to play in against South Carolina, that awesome. be huge
0: that would be awesome, fantastic um, Let's. Uh, I'm going to do some rapid fire questions okay. so people can get to know Chris Williams a little bit better wow. are you ready? Alright All right. so here we go um, what's your favourite food?
1: Oh wow! It's rapid fire. I'm thinking uh, Mexican, big Mexican.
0: Okay. Uh, I think you've already said this, but what's your favorite team? Oh, Liverpool. There you go. Favorite place to visit that you've that you have visited. Oh wow! I've visited a lot of places. Been very fortunate. Um,
1: love Edinburgh. Okay. Edinburgh is an unbelievable city. Culture, history. Um, the Royal Mile is amazing. As you right. walk up that. Um, yeah just yeah just a great great city yeah fantastic
0: place you'd like to visit that you haven't
1: (sighs) it's two the Maldives love to go to the Maldives right Um, relaxing vacation yeah Um, and then I would love to visit
0: where else just say the Maldives okay I'm just gonna go Maldives fair enough Um, favorite band or musician oh wow that is tough that's tough. Oh, favorite
1: band? Of, oh man! I'm a massive music fan. Me, Mark, Adam—we're all huge music yeah. people. Oh man, Scott, you got me. <laughs> I, I go Oasis. has to be Has to be Oasis. Right, yeah, I go go Oasis. Yeah, yeah just the longevity, okay. the, the difference in songs, just just unbelievable. Yeah.
0: Most influential coach that you've ever had, and why?
1: Most influential coach? Um, guy called Paul Cal- Caligaris. Um, just young I was four, 13 at the time 13 you obviously a young boy um, I don't know just, just had a his training sessions were just excellent for one so I was always engaged mm-hmm. which was massive and there was a real personal relationship there as well in terms of like he really valued me not only as just a, as a player but just as a person mm-hmm. as well um, but yeah and there's another one uh, Nev Pal um uh, Connors Key when I played at Connors Key mm-hmm. um he would <laughs> uh we would um we'd finish on an away trip and we'd come back from a away trip and he had a younger lad who was similar age to me mm-hmm. and I'd go around to his house after away trips and we'd all be playing Tiger Woods golf and eating <laughs> and eating food you know so you know there was that personal connection that we had together and uh, yeah he was uh, yeah top top men both of them fantastic yeah
0: what inspires you
1: Oh, wow, Scott, these are deep. I know. What inspires me? Um, An inspirational person. Can I do that? Yeah. An inspirational person for me is my mother. Okay. Yeah, um... That's nah, she's just amazing and what does and she do well, what she has amazing. she done that inspired uh, him most? so w- when when I was younger so my mum and dad split up when I was a kid um, raising my brother and I for a long period of time by herself was amazing mm-hmm. you know just the, 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 the values I think she, she taught us the value I think the biggest thing is the value of hard work more than anything mm-hmm. the fact that I saw it the fact that you know she'd work day, in, day and night to you know to, to provide for us and put food on the table yeah. so that for me was obviously inspiration, inspirational like um, what inspires me um my kids mm-hmm. kids yeah kids are unbelievable yeah. they just ki- kids just you know my kids obviously I'm obviously biased, but <laughs> kids, but kids mm-hmm. in general are just yeah. so inspirational just yeah. some of the things and I don't think we give them credit for mm-hmm. they can do so much more than we than we think yeah. they, they can do yeah you know
0: yeah. so Excellent. I'd say th- those two things fantastic so um, to kind of wrap things up today first of all thank you for being a part of the podcast no, thanks, thanks thank so you much. for being um, part of the club you've been a massive addition to the staff sure. um, when you talk about um, the people you're a key part of that and you're a big reason why things have shifted as a club and our, and our we're continuing to improve so we appreciate that sure, um, so. one thing I learned about you or I learned about um, maybe something I learned that I did not know, and I don't know if I'm if I was uh, ignorant to not know this, okay. but that I didn't realize that Welsh speak a different language. Well, we and we had this, yes. Had so I thought a great way to sign off today would be for you to do some type of promotion for the Open Cup game, yep. but in your native language, the Welsh, yeah, and then yep. translate afterwards. Okay. So here's Chris Williams with the close out with a plug for the open cup game. Okay
1: um Diogenvaar Pau I'm uh i Podcast um Gobato Danigaki um Guild Pau ba at a game um March twenty fourth uh I got beto Danigashi enish a game. I said um, uh, thank you for watching the podcast. Um, my hope is that we get to see you on March twenty fourth
0: and uh, my hope is that we, we win the game. Fantastic. Man. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, awesome. guys. Thanks for uh, joining us on North Carolina Fusion Podcast. Go Fusion! For additional information, please visit our website, follow us on Facebook, and subscribe to this podcast.